Welcome back to the Matt Report Podcast. Today's episode is just going to be a solo episode. It's going to be you and I talking about things. About WordPress, of course. And the first notable topic that I want to dive into is going to be this new Jamstack versus WordPress versus Mullenweg versus the world that I've seen unfold uh, on Twitter, which has prompted a lot of uh, notorieties in the Jamstack space to either one, call out Matt Mullenweg, or two, pen some open letters in plea to Mullenweg about the sustainability and uh, viability of Jamstack. I want to talk about that from a user's perspective. I want to talk about the user's perspective of WordPress versus Jamstack versus any other sort of technology or CMS and what that means, at least from my view. I'm interested to get, because this is going to be a non-developer's point of view, for obvious reasons, because I am not a developer. So I uh, would love some feedback from you all, especially if you're the developer type. And let me know what your stance is on the Jamstack, as I learned it's called. <laughs> but first, let's say thanks to some of our sponsors today. Most notably, SearchWP, who's a returning sponsor. As always, can't thank the team over at SearchWP enough. Look, if you want better search, because you know what you can't do with the Jamstack site? You can't install SearchWP, that's for damn sure. SearchWP makes search for WordPress way better. It's like search on steroids. You can do things like search custom fields, search custom post types, search PDFs. One of the most fantastic things that SearchWP does is it gives you this dashboard of results. So if you want to look at the data, you want to see what people are searching for on your website, you want to see and make decisions based on data, SearchWP allows you to do that. It's a phenomenal plugin. And if you're building out more complex sites, higher ed sites, directory sites, e-commerce sites, SearchWP makes it darn easy and darn fast searching for content on WordPress. Because what we'll talk about later on today is these Jamstack sites, hmm, there's some issues with managing all of this content and search, but not with SearchWP on WordPress. SearchWP.com, thanks for supporting the show. Our next sponsor of the day is Malcare, Malcare.com. Hey, you know what you can't do with a Jamstack site, speaking of? You can't get a virus, <laughs> but you can on WordPress, unfortunately. And with a company and a product like Malcare, well, it's the only WordPress security plugin with instant WordPress malware removal. AutoClean features cleans your website without waiting hours or days. You can scan your site now if you go to Malcare. Com. How do you know Malcare.com is actually going to do well for your WordPress site? Well, it's the same folks behind Blog Vault, one of the most popular backup and migration tools for WordPress, built by the same team. So you know it's backed by the same engineers, the same support people. It's going to do a darn good job for you. And their rates, their rates, their pricing starts at $99 for the year, for your entire site. So if you have an e-commerce site, you have a high-traffic blog site, you have your business site, and you simply don't want to mess around, the last thing you want is to wake up in the morning and see that your site was hacked, somebody can't check out from your e-commerce store, or they're trying to fill out a contact form and it's redirecting them to some cryptocurrency website. 
probably powered by Brian Krogsgaard. You don't want that stuff on your WordPress site. You want malcare.com protecting it. They have agency plans too. If you want to white label this stuff, right? You host sites for your clients. Their highest site on the uh, on the website is five ninety nine for the year for twenty sites. That's like what? I, I'm not good at math. Twenty five bucks a site, thirty bucks a site. Come on, man. Thirty times twenty is six hundred. So thirty bucks a site for the year. It's quite a savings. It's quite a value. It does everything automatic? Malware removal, automatic daily malware scanning, smart website firewall, all the stuff to protect your WordPress site, malcare.com. Thanks for supporting the show. The other thing I want to get into today is uh, how my new job, my new role as director of podcaster success at castos.com is hindering my ability to create content on my own channels, notably uh, youtube.com slash plug and It's been a while since I've pushed some content there and I want to talk about that later today. So if you're a creator, uh, somebody producing content or like the side hustle type of person and how your jobs can affect these types of things, stick around towards the end of the show. We're going to talk about that. All right, so let's dive into this Jamstack. Let's dive into the Jamstack. Why is it the Jamstack? I'm reading some articles. The first one I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull from is from a website called Stackbit. And I'll link these up in the show notes. Uh, penned by Ohad Eder Pressman over at Stackbit. He's the CEO and co-founder of Stackbit. And look, what we're going to talk about today is everyone has skin in the game. And I guess, let me, let me do this, this episode some justice and just pull back and say, look, we're all fans of WordPress. And we often get in the mix of just recommending WordPress. It's the, it's the tool. It's the best thing, right? It, it does all these things. So we're fans of WordPress. But I think over the last few years, and a lot of people want to anchor this discussion around the fact uh, that a lot of people weren't happy with, with Gutenberg. Maybe people weren't happy with the direction of where Mullenweg is taking the project in general. So a lot of people like to anchor into that thing. Well, I'm, I'm going to look at WordPress. I'm going to look at alternatives to WordPress um, because of this Gutenberg thing. I think a lot of people tied back to that as a just an excuse. And I, I don't think it is. Um, though I do, know, I do know people that have made that decision because of Gutenberg. They started looking elsewhere. But, you know, I, I think after 15 years... Maybe a lot of people just get tired of using the same old thing. And this is the web. We're in the web. We're web people. So we like to find new shiny toys. Quite frankly, I think a lot of us have grown a little tired of one of the biggest advantages of WordPress. And that is its extensibility through themes and plugins and hosting and just just the, the ecosystem in general. There's so much you can do, which is also the challenge behind it. Well, let me talk about, before we talk about this stack bit piece, here's how it all unraveled. Uh, Mullenweg did a interview back on what looks to be August 31st. And in the article posted over at thenewstack.io, the title goes, WordPress co-founder Matt Mullenweg is not a fan of Jamstack. Now, I'm, I'm obviously not an engineer. I'm not as smart as Mullenweg is in these uh, fields of uh 
web technology and the footprint it it leaves on uh, the internet at large, right? In in large sweeping uh, movements like this, the fifty thousand foot view is he's saying, look. Jamstack is this regression in web technology because Jamstack isn't a thing. It's not one monolithic app like a WordPress that does all these things. At its current iteration, you need to tie all these services together. And I am not a Jamstack expert. I'll talk about my experiences in a little bit. But he's saying, look, you need to have all these pieces of the puzzle together to get a website running you know, you have the framework of the web, you have the hosting of the web. If you want to do forms, you want to do this e-commerce thing, you want to take a payment. Like there's not just one thing you turn to in Jamstack and say, just give it all to me. In the nature of the technology, and believe me, correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, it's getting delivered through CDN and Matt's argument is, look, you're, you're creating these static files and you're regenerating these static files all the time. You need to have a development workflow um, to deploy these sites. You're not just going to a, a, a page in, in WordPress and hitting publish, right? It's all of these things or you're theming through Beaver Builder or Beaver Themer or Elementor. Like this stuff does not exist in Jamstack. And the reason is, is because, you know, it's faster, more secure. The code is more lightweight, allegedly. And Matt is saying, look, this is not moving anything forward to rely on all of these pieces on the puzzle. At least this is the way that I've read it. This is the way that I've conceived it from the 50,000 foot view. And oh, by the way, of course, Matt is saying this. He needs to be the cheerleader for WordPress, obviously. So take all of this with a grain of salt. Take the argument on the other side with a grain of salt as we get into it, because how I'm looking at it is from the user's perspective. Sort of when these titans clash online, Matt being the biggest, arguably in the political coding landscape, if there's such a thing, one of the biggest vocal um, activists for uh, obviously WordPress, but the, the, the technologies that power it, be it PHP, Apache, or Nginx, you know, your typical LAMP stack. So you take all of these arguments with a grain of salt, everyone's vying for their piece of the puzzle. So uh, while I agree partly with what, what Matt has to say, with my own struggles of getting a, a, a Jamstack site off the ground, at the same time, I don't think that Matt should be naive to say that the small guy or gal won't win. <laughs> you know, it's when the giant says, this person, this project, this software will never win. Who's to say? <laughs> you know, who is to say? It's very, you know, obviously opinionated and you can throw these, you know, the the, the small person under the bus um, in hopes that they don't make it. Fine. But I don't agree with saying that the underdog will not succeed. I mean, it quite literally, isn't that how everyone starts at the bottom? Unless you're the snowflake company, which I've never even heard of, which IPO'd for like $5 trillion. Not literally, but I think like $30 billion. Never even heard of it. Where'd you come from? <laughs> All of a sudden, you got billions of dollars. But how could you discount the underdog? A lot of us, at least in my mind, start that way. Apple, WordPress, Microsoft, General Motors, everyone started small and then grew. So, knowing Matt, um, you know, Obviously very opinionated, but uh, I don't think he should just sweep the Jamstack stuff under the rug, which obviously opens up opportunity for, uh, we'll go back to that stack bit post, 
And the, again, the title of the StackBit post being an open letter to Matt Mullenweg, what folks often get wrong about Jamstack, again, penned by Ohad Eder Pressman on September 4th. So he goes into, you know, some of the same nuances that people uh, and, and vanity metrics that a lot of people um, will like to do when they discount, you know, WordPress. They say things like, you know, WordPress is this slow you know, monolithic app, which it can be, yes, but a lot of this stuff has to do with how a website is implemented, how a WordPress website is implemented, what kind of hosting are they using, what kind of coding are you using, you know, what kinds of themes and plugins, et cetera, et cetera. You know, he makes some valid points like, look, WordPress was developed before, you know, Git-centric workflows were even a thing. Okay, yes, this is true. Um, he mentions that maybe the argument shouldn't be uh, about WordPress, but more about LAMP stack, right? The Linux, Apache, MySQL, and PHP stack. Okay, valid point. Uh, you know, he does get into the things like, boy, WordPress is insecure because sometimes people are using up to 50 plugins, third-party plugins, and the source is, you know, laughably WP beginner. Well, of course. I mean, come on. This, this is, you, you know, this is, the reason why WordPress is so successful and the reason why um, it's grown, but also the reason why it has problems. And this is where I want to get into my experiences with, you know, doing a site. And I've always looked at WordPress as a great solution, but certainly eye-opening over the last year and especially more so into COVID when a lot of people came back to me who hadn't invested in websites, you know, after me telling them to to do it uh, in my local area for, for many, many years. They said, hey, Matt, I, I need a website. I need to get online now. Like, I need to put something online that says I'm in business or you can reach me here or you can contact me there. And as I started helping a few folks out and doing WooCommerce, what I failed to, to recognize, and I think this is where it's all catching up, is a lot of us started to build out WordPress sites in the moment. In the moment, a WordPress site is amazing. A couple clicks of a button. You know, if you know this stuff, you can put together a pretty awesome solution and actually a solution that's making money for people in short time, in the moment. But what we forget in the moment is that these websites have to last the test of time. They have to last a year, two years, 10 years. And I started putting sites together for people. I was like, you know what I don't want to do? I don't want to have to worry about updating these now, I know WordPress 5.5 just came out and you auto-updates, but still that, that technical overhead, that tax in the back of my mind where I'm saying, oh boy, like I have to do the licenses on some of these premium plugins. I have to make sure that these plugins are being updated. And this is that friction point where we get into saying, well, maybe WordPress isn't good even for the small business user, for the person who will update their website once or twice a year. Might not be a good solution for them. Now I know, well I don't know, I'm, I'm guessing, this is where Jetpack tries to fit in, where it's like, hey, which is sort of, you know, again, this is like a whole other thread of discussion, where it's like the, <laughs> the biggest backers, uh, the biggest investors, if you will, of WordPress, or WordPress's code and success is automatic itself. And they're even saying, yeah, the open source version, kind of tough. You got to worry a little bit of how it's backed up and how it's secure. But don't worry. 
we get this Jetpack thing. And don't worry about all those other third-party plugins. We get a whole bunch of stuff in this Jetpack. You just need this one. And it's the best experience for WordPress. And hold on to that experience idea uh, for the rest of this episode. So yeah, obviously, uh, when you look at WordPress as this monolithic app, you got to do all these things to get it to run. I understand. But the trade-off is ease of use. Recently, looking at that example of small businesses, I was like, you know, maybe I should turn to Statomic. You know, maybe I should look at these flat file CMSs. I was like, well, I've had Jack McDade on the podcast before. He creator of Statomic. Statomic 3 just came out. Let me, you know, sit down at the desk, rub my hands together, crack my knuckles. Let's go ahead and install the Statomic site. Step number one, install Composer. Install Composer. Well, it says, yeah, you can do it natively to Mac Terminal, but I want to have a, a local dev environment. I mean, I guess I should spin up a local dev environment, right? Because I'm going to have to uh, commit this code through some kind of Git-based uh, uh, workflow. And then I started going down that rabbit hole, and I was like, and then I couldn't get my local de- development environment to work. And every time I tried installing Statomic, <laughs> you know, locally, it just would fail. I couldn't pull up a site. And go to the browser, it was just a white screen. It's like, do I spend this time? And here I am like three, four hours into it. And I'm like, I could have had a WordPress site up in the amount of time. And I started looking at, well, maybe there's a one-click installation. Is it called Recipes, Blueprints? I don't know what it's called. On DigitalOcean uh, for Statomic. Couldn't find one. I don't know. Maybe I was just so burnt out. There's one out there. And I, I just, the 15 minutes I spent looking for one, I couldn't find one. So I was just like, boy, this is the challenge. This is the challenge. And this is what I believe Matt is hinting at at the same time. This is what everyone's hinting at. Let's go to this other article and, and we'll pick up on that, that thread of thought. Uh, from the founder of Netlify. Netlify. I always want to say Netlify. It's one, uh, it's one of these words that I just, I, I, sh- I grapple with. <laughs> Netlify. Um, title. On Mullenweg and the Jamstack Regression of the Future. This article is much more heavy-handed towards uh, WordPress. And again, remember what I said. Everyone has an opportunity here. Matt has an opportunity to say Jamstack doesn't work because it's a quote-unquote kind of competitor to WordPress and where WordPress is going. Uh, And then when these uh, figures of the Jamstack come out, and I'm not vying for either side here, uh, but... I'm trying to read between the lines is this is an opportunity for them to swing their, you know, megaphone and say, hey, you know, forget that WordPress guy. They're the biggest target in the world and we're going after him. Okay, fine. Cool. Go for it. But when people start discounting each other's opinions, you know, no no progress is made. He says uh, from this paragraph from the article, fast forward 10 years and WordPress appeared at the top of the list of the most dreaded platforms according to Stack Overflow's 2020 developer survey. 67% of developers using WordPress indicated they want to move off of the platform. The excitement amongst web developers has shifted uh, dramatically. Right? Uh, one of his H2 titles, The End of the WordPress Era. Another H2 title, The Rise of the Jamstack. The Jamstack. <laughs> Just what? Why isn't it jam-stacked? Why, why do we have to say the jam-stack? Uh, so look, uh, he also says it's an unstoppable ecosystem the same way we solve for fragmentation. Uh, look, he, he also mentions that there's some 
you know, creative companies out there like Stackbit, which I've mentioned in, already, and Tina CMS, who are trying to uh, bridge the gap to make things a little bit easier. And that's the crux. I mean, WordPress wasn't easy 10 years ago. It's easier now, but it's still not easy for the common person. So, you know, these Jamstack solutions, okay, how do we make it easier for the common person? That's the struggle. And when I see these people going at it about technologies and efficiencies, uh, I get it. Uh, these things are very developer-led. But I'm the user who wants to publish content easily. And sometimes at the end of the day, this technology, well, that's just not exciting for me. Now, before I mentioned experience, and this is where I think everything culminates, right? For any product, any service, uh, anything that you're, that you're using as a, as a customer, as a software user, it's the experience that's really going to get you. And the surface things like design, um, maybe some whiz-bang marketing is grabbing your attention so you try things. I mean, we see this with productivity tools. Uh, you always think that it could be something better. Really, it's you not being productive. So you start, you start blaming the tool, right? Uh, don't come after me if you have your favorite productivity tool and it helps you. Uh, but I find that that's what the issue is. It's not the it's not the tool's fault per se as much as it is you're not getting the job done. So you try to find something else. And this is where WordPress is going. I, I mentioned before when we talk about Jetpack, uh, the biggest marketing play that we'll see come from Automatic and Matt uh, in the future is that Jetpack will be the best way to experience WordPress because it is challenging. Hell, if you think Jamstack sites are difficult, there's no way your average Joe is going to want to run a Jamstack site for, uh, for his or her business. It's just not going to happen. Uh, and in fact, a lot of the enterprise customers I talked to uh, over my three years over at Pagely and now here at Castos, uh, they don't want complexity either, <laughs> right? Again, which is Matt's point on the Jamstack stuff. Look, marketing teams want to produce content. Product teams want to be able to launch sites fast. And all of this, like I feel like, and I, and I hope I'm illustrating this picture for you, we're just stuck in the middle. Now, you're, if you're a developer listening to this, you, you're, you probably have drawn your line in the sand. You know exactly where you want to go. But if you're somebody like me who's like, I love technology, but I don't want to wrangle with it every day. I feel like we're just like caught in the middle of these Goliaths, you know, fighting each other. And on the corporate side, enterprise side, I mean, you look at HubSpot, right? One of the biggest competitors to Salesforce, uh, arguably probably the best alternative to Salesforce. They promote their own, CR, uh, their own CMS within their CRM. How many podcasts that I listen to or YouTube pre-rolls where I, I see HubSpot saying, don't wait for deployments and workflows to go through. Get your website built today, right? <laughs> it's just like, yeah, if you're a marketing person and you turn to these over-engineered, over-complicated, and even WordPress itself sometimes that I've seen, where the engineering team is like, no, 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 we got to test, we got to deploy, we got to do this stuff. Nobody wants that. Engineers want it. They want sanity checks. I get it. But the end users who are really pushing through with the site don't. On either side of the coin, again, WordPress or Jamstack. 
So Jetpack is that play at the experience to WordPress. You know, one of the things that the founder of Netlify rightfully points out is it's like WordPress is at a crossroads where, yeah, it started as a blogging system. And then over the course of 15, 20 years, it's evolved into God knows what. And I agree with that. The WordPress pendulum is swinging right now, in my opinion. And we're at that, we're in the dead center at the bottom again, right? This pendulum is, is now going either left or right, however you envision it. Uh, and when it moves left or right, we'll, over the next mm, three years, we'll really define what WordPress is. And because it's smack dab in the middle, people are still using it for websites, people are still using it for blogging platforms, people are still using it for multi-site, for network sites, for higher education, where there's thousands of microsites on it. People are using it for app frameworks, all this stuff. So yeah, the, the, the confusion of to what WordPress is certainly doesn't help its case, but what I've learned, at least just observing Matt from a distance for a little while now, is whatever he's saying is like a five-year-out thing. <laughs> like, like his approach to Jamstack is probably him thinking, in five years, I have this idea for WordPress that's going to be so different that you can argue the now, but I'm thinking the then. Does that make sense? But the Jamstack folks, rightfully so, can talk about this stuff. But you look at the StackBit website, which I'm going to explore. So, hey, great marketing, <laughs> right? You took advantage uh, of this, uh, of, of uh, riding this wave. There's a marketing term for it that started many years ago. And uh, uh, content jacking? <laughs> no, that's not it. Uh, hijacking content or something like that. I'm going to look at their platform, StackBit. And even when you look at what it solved, I mean, look at all the pieces of the puzzle it takes to get a, a Jamstack. So, yeah, there's a lot. I don't want to wrangle with it. I mean, the closest thing that I've gotten uh, after the Statomic, you know, issues that I had is I turned to the closest thing to WordPress, uh, which I've covered on YouTube.com slash is Breezy, Breezy Builder. Now, if you haven't checked that out, uh, go to my go to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash plug and touch. Check out the videos for Breezy. They have a Breezy cloud component, which is, you know, a near replica to the page building experience of WordPress. I love it. I think that Breezy Cloud is a fantastic competitor or alternative, I should say, to recommending Squarespace and Wix to people. Right? You know, you know the people that come to you and they say, uh, I want to build a website. And in the back of your mind, you're like, oh God, I do not want to help you build a WordPress website. And I don't want them to go through the, the pains of it. So what we do is we recommend Squarespace and Wix uh, begrudgingly, and we move on with our lives. I think the uh, Breezy Builder cloud component, fantastic alternative. But even they have a way to integrate into deploying these websites on their cloud to uh, a Netlify or uh, I think it's fast.io and other CDN-based services, which is uh, largely what powers Jamstack websites, I couldn't get it to work. I had to authorize the GitHub account. I had to deploy the code there first. Then I had to make sure that there was a web hook triggering to go and deploy to the Netlify. And then I would have to check to make sure that Netlify refreshed. Oh, God. <laughs> I emailed the founder. He said there was a bug and he's ironed it out, but still complicated. 
It's just the nature of the beast right now. Not everyone has solved this. And when you look at the StackBit thing, you see all of these services that it tries to solve for. Man, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a long time. A long time. Two, three years, maybe. But then you think about like this HubSpot competition with CMS. Is this just a zero-sum game? People are always going to be changing where their website's hosted. You know, you run it on WordPress for 20 years, and then you say, well, let's try this Jamstack thing, and then... You know, two years goes by and you find that you have like 85 steps to deploy a single page. Another article, which I'll link up, is Chris Weigman, uh, developer at WP Engine. You probably all know him from WordCamp Talks and all this stuff he's done in WordPress. He came back. He left. He went to the Hugo CMS. And now he's back to WordPress. <laughs> Let me just read the start of the article and then you can read the rest uh, by going to his now powered WordPress site or powered by WordPress website. Um, after just, uh, the title of the, of, the, of the piece is Hello WordPress, My Old Friend. After just over a year on Hugo, I've migrated this site back to WordPress. It wasn't, indeed, it wasn't an easy decision to do so. The truth is, I really liked the workflow I had been using with, work, uh, with Hugo, and the platform itself was nearly perfect for my uses. Uh, that said, technology alone wasn't enough to keep me uh, with it, and here's why. The technical reasons, as stated above, Hugo was nearly perfect for my case. That said, there were still a few annoyances uh, and other things which WordPress still does far better. First, the block editor has come a long way. When I switched to Hugo, I found it almost unusable. Today, I find it a solid tool for writing and blogging. Smooth, fast, powerful. The right theme shows me exactly what I want in the front end, etc., etc. Uh, then his second paragraph he gets into, and then I want you to go click and read the rest to send him some traffic love. The second benefit is WordPress is a real content management system. Um, you know, as he said, he I may have only had a dozen posts on Hugo, but editing and keeping track of them was already becoming an issue. Yeah, I saw uh, a famous entrepreneur the other day, famous indie entrepreneur, talking about how he has rebuilt his <laughs> content marketing. Uh, workflow, you know, using Statomic and deploying flat-based text files written in Markdown to GitHub so there could be revisioning and content editors can uh, <laughs> deploy. I'm laughing because of how the insane, you can deploy to GitHub and there's this revisioning process and this is like some other step he had along the way and I'm like, no marketing team wants to do this. Excuse the saw going off in the background as my neighbor is rebuilding his house. Nobody wants to do that. You know, that's geekery for the sake of geekery. You just wanted to wire something together. Like, you wanted to tinker and do this. But that would never scale at a 50-person, 100-person, 1,000-person organization. Because remember, when we're putting sites together, we're always thinking of it as in the moment. When we have to be looking at that experience in the long term, and not just for us, but for many more people, if you're in a business, certainly many more people, other departments, people come and go. You're not making the solution just for now in the people that you have with you, but how are you going to support and sustain other people touching this website for the future? That's why WordPress still wins in my book. Let's talk about why I can't get any content out myself aside from the Matt Report. <laughs> this will be a short segment. If you're, if you're not a creator, right? if you're not somebody driven by doing these side hustle things, uh, this is probably not a segment for you. Uh, thanks for listening. <laughs> you know, Don't forget to subscribe to the show. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes. But if you're somebody out there creating a podcast, uh, creating content, YouTube, blogging, whatever, TikTok, I don't care if it's still legal by the time you listen to this. As my new job unfolded, and not a slight to what I was doing at Pagely by any stretch of the imagination. But 
while I was at Pagely, if I had a busy day, I couldn't produce a video or I couldn't produce a podcast. What I found myself doing was just becoming really stressed out. I was like, I, I wasn't doing my side hustle. Like my thing, I, I couldn't get it going. So I, I would be stressed. Like I, I missed making a video. I missed making a blog post or, or a podcast. It was really draining. And it's just like this, this, this unneeded stress I was putting on myself. And when I took over the role at Castos, a large part of my job is creative, <laughs> creating content, creating podcasts, creating videos, creating strategies, helping with the product. And a lot of it is driven through creativity. Now, this might not be eye-opening to you, but it was to me that what was missing was that connection from my job to my side, huff, side hustle efforts. In other words, I don't feel stressed that I haven't been able to create my own content because I'm fulfilling that creative desire through podcasting and video creation at Castos, which sounds like, I know it sounds so weird. <laughs> it's like, what big deal, Matt? But, you know, I, I just want people to know, like, even when I was running my own business day to day at the agency, I mean, it's like you do the agency work, you're, you're doing the work, and then all of a sudden I'm, I'm getting pulled in one direction. Now I want to create product. But even that wasn't satisfying. So I always kept finding myself creating something new, and it was this constant uh, struggle. I was like, I, I'm just not... What I thought was me wanting to just uh, create a new solution or continue to do that side hustle, it wasn't. It was not being creatively satisfied. So if you're struggling with that same kind of thing, this is a, a potential eye-opening thing for you. I mean, I'm not advocating you switch jobs. I'm not saying you should or, or that it's easy. I'm in a, in a very lucky situation to do that. But what this is, is a recognition that maybe whatever extra stresses you have uh, is led by or controlled by something that you don't even realize. Like, again, I thought I was creating stuff because I was like, I just love creating stuff. No, it was, it was that desire to, uh, to, to be creative. It wasn't about the solution. It was about the act of creation. So at the end of the day, like if I don't get a, a plug and tuck video out, which I haven't since I started the new job, you know, it's okay. I'm like, I'm not as extra stressed about it. This is like a therapy session. I get it. I get it. You don't want to hear it anymore. I just want to let you know that maybe if you're struggling through the same thing, there is, uh, there is hope. There is hope. Maybe it's just finding something that uh, is really driving you day to day more passionately. Or maybe if you're running your business, that's the thing. Maybe outsource something you don't want to do anymore and then you can be more creative. You won't be as stressed out uh, as I was for, for many, many years. Up until this point, which look at the, at the, I also know I'm in a honeymoon period over at Castles. Don't tell my boss, Craig. Uh, but I totally understand. Like things could change, and I could find myself wanting to create something else again. This is the roller coaster ride of uh, I want to say music artist, a YouTube artist, a podcast artist. I don't know. Uh, content creator, I guess, is what the label is. It's MattReport.com. MattReport.com slash subscribe to join that mailing list. Let me know what you think about this whole. Jamstack, the Jamstack stuff. Shoot me a message, the Matt Report blog at gmail.com or tweet at me at Matt Report. Let me know what you think. All right. We'll see you in the next episode.